Okay, guys, I am joined by my friend and fellow Bravo-holic, host of the podcast, Is This Real Life? Ladies and gents, the one and only Mandy Slutsker. Hi, Mandy. Hi, thank you so much for having me on, Blake. Yes, it's so good to see you again. I feel like it's been ages since I did your show. I, I can't even remember how long ago months. it was. You know what? T- what is time? I know. No, I I just got like one of those Facebook memories um, about an interview I did uh, with a friend of mine um, for my show like a year ago. And I was like, holy shit, that was a year ago already. Like, how are we here? It's so weird. It's I can't believe March is next week. Yeah, my mind of, is blown of 2023, Mandy. Like I, I, I literally the other day I was like thinking in my head and I literally thought to myself like, oh, yeah, 2021, like no big deal. 2021. And then I was like, no, 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 2022. And then I was like, oh, no, you fucking moron. It's 2023. Like literally, like I said, how did we get here? Is this real life? Is this, is this real, real life? life? Well, you know how there's this thing circulating on Twitter where it's like when people ask you, what age do you feel? Like right. inside, yeah. people kind of seem to know. And for me, it's not necessarily um, like an age, but it's just like 2012. <laughs> the year? <laughs> like, We've just yeah, I don't know. In I just time. frozen forever. in time in 2020. Yeah. Forever, forever in, in the Obama administration. Oh God, it, that sounds so nice. Take me with you, Mandy. Take me back there. It's funny. It's really interesting how like things just like stick in our brains like that. Like I, I, this is so random, but you saying like 2012, it just reminds me. So I forever in my head, like the only year I know in Spanish is 1996, which is 1996. And I just remember that from being in like fourth grade and having it pounded in my head like over (laughs) and over and over. I'm not a Spanish speaker at all, but I can tell you how to say 1996 in Spanish. Like it will forever be stuck in my head, like how you are forever stuck in 2012. Yeah, that's where I am. That's why I'm so happy. <laughs> I, honestly, sounds better than 2023, wherever the fuck we are. I don't even know. I, I mean, know. The, the one good thing about this day and age is I do feel like we're in the midst of like a Bravo renaissance, like a bravo sans, if you will. And yes. I, I just feel like, you know, the, the, the verse it's a roller coaster and it always has always will be, but you know, the last several years have been quite controversial and the fans have been up in arms over what's been happening on our screens, off our screens, like in the Bravo offices. Um, it's, it's just been wild. And I feel like we lost our footing for a little bit, at least with some of the, the series on the shows or on the, on the network. Um, but I feel like we're coming back. And right now we have, we have some of our, our best Bravo shows to date. I think in my opinion, you know, we've got so many housewife shows and they are all, all firing on all cylinders. We have Vanderpump rules. We have like, like, a house for all seasons with summer house and winter house. And they're going to have like spring house next. I'm sure there's just really like an <laughs> overload of Bravo content and I'm absolutely living for it. So I want to know what are your feelings on the shows that are going on right now? Like what are you currently watching? Okay. So I'm currently watching everything, but below deck. Okay. So I'm watching family karma, although I'm behind on it by a week. I, okay. so that's like Sunday and Potomac. And then mm-hmm. Monday is Summer House. Tuesday right. is Jersey. Wednesday is Vanderpump Rules. Thursday is Miami. Now, yeah. I don't always watch them in that order. I'm quite busy and I've recently had like difficulty keeping up. Yeah. But 
I am living for Vanderpump Rules probably the most right now because I missed it so much. It was kind of my original favorite show. My Mm -hmm. dog is fortunately or unfortunately stassi, stassi. <laughs> um you know so it's just it's so fun and interesting to actually watch what i think is the actual drama happening in their lives as mm-hmm. opposed to manufactured stuff around restaurants 1000% absolutely absolutely and we will definitely get into the vanderpump rules of it all i have a lot of thoughts um i actually i was just out in west hollywood last week and i like did the vanderpump restaurant tour and went to like all of them got to i literally was Love sitting them. next to lisa and ken and puffy at pump no they, yes it was uh, my husband and and my anniversary dinner we were sitting right next to them it was so great i can't um, think of a better anniversary dinner i was there I last march and then last october mm-hmm. and i saw in march um their son max yeah. who got unusually attractive yeah yeah like <laughs> i was right. with some, um, you know some of us can, later in life like i was right? a weird looking kid too i get it <laughs> like he looks great i was with steven um faces by bravo yeah and we were like is that is that max vanderpump or whatever yeah. his last name is and he's like yeah didn't he get kind of hot <laughs> like okay god it's not just me it's like, well it's so funny because so we went to tom tom the first night we were there and and max was there running the joint and then we went to pump two nights later and max was there running the joint and we were just like he's everywhere he's all over the place but god love him he's working hard for that money like like the nepotism is at least like hustled for it's like earned in that family oh, which yeah. I, respect. I don't even consider it nepotism because yeah. he's doing work that i don't Absolutely. think a nepo baby would do right and same with pandora like the pandora works hard i mean you know yes lisa gave them both like houses and she you know like gave pandora a million dollar way like i get it it's you know she's living a, a an easy breezy beautiful life but they work for their money unlike so many of the other uh, Nepo babies that we see. So God bless Max Vanderpump Todd and Pandora Vanderpump Todd, whatever her new last name is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, new last name, because we're stuck in 2012, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah, we're still in 2012. I think she got married. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and Kyle and Lisa are still best friends. Like, what a time to be yes. alive. Uh, no, we will get into all of the Vanderpump Rules stuff. Um, so you also said you're keeping up with Potomac, you're keeping up with New Jersey. Um, you, you're a little behind on Miami, which I find interesting because so am I. I think like, like, I like that it's on Peacock. Like, I think that the production value and all of that is so great. But the fact that it's like separate for whatever reason, it slips my mind and I forget. And then I'm like two weeks behind. And then I'm like, oh my God, Potomac, or I mean, uh, Miami, like I I'm having trouble keeping up with it. Are you just a week behind? Are you several weeks behind? I'm two weeks behind now. I I was also out on like I was in Charleston on vacation, um, oh. visiting some friends. So th- I'm like behind on the shows that were. Did you on go to Republic by any chance? We walked by it. It was definitely okay. not open during the hours we were there. Right. Uh, actually, you know what? It was open for lunch, and we were shocked by that. And it looked yeah. really cute. I was there visiting a friend who's never watched Bravo and doesn't know anything about any of this. Um, and then her son really wanted ice cream. And so we went to Jenny's ice cream and it's like two doors down from sewing down south. And I was trying to explain 
the history of Craig and, you know, how he's a lawyer. What's wrong with my sewing? Exactly. (laughs) And they were really into it. The people who run the shop are so nice. They were so nice to my friend's kid who was very bored. They're like, would you like a sticker? And, you know, he's playing (laughs) with stickers and touching everything. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to see the merchandise. I have one of his pillows that someone gave me and it's fantastic and it matches everything in yeah. the room and I love Amazing. it. Amazing. So wow, Craig, look at you making I know. Like, universal not... <laughs> pillows. I love it. I'm not big on all of the products that these mm-hmm. like Bravo celebrities put in, but I love like decorative pillows. And I'm actually gonna go on his website and buy a like lunch container. I know oh. <laughs> so, like I, I bring my lunch to work and I'm always carrying it in like a plastic bag or something. It's not great. And he had these really cute ones. I didn't want to buy it when I was there because I didn't want to like pack it and all that stuff. Right. I am. I'm going to go online and look. His merchandise looked fantastic. Looks great. Oh my god, amazing! So, Craig, if you're listening, we've got like your number one (laughs) customer right right here. Amazing, Mandy Slutsker. Take a look for her order coming through later today. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I love that. Um, No, I agree. Like sometimes it's hit or miss with um, you know the the Bravo Lab uh, merch and their product lines. Um, I I appreciate when a Bravo Lab can like find their niche, whether it's before they come on the show or they find it while they're on the show, you know, whatever, use the platform. I'm, I'm all for it. But like they, they find something and they stick with it. Like we have some, I'm thinking some housewives in particular that they're just throwing noodles at the wall left and right and hoping something sticks. And it's like, no, focus your energy. You know, um, we like, I don't need like, I, I love Dr. Wendy Osefo, but I don't need like 12 different product lines from Dr. Wendy Osefo, you know? Right. I need her yeah. to be doing political commentary. And right. I want to, I right. want to like turn on MSNBC and just like see her randomly. 1000%. And it's not about like staying in your lane. It's about like knowing like where you shine, you know? And like Wendy Osefo, when I see those clips of her, like on like Fox news segments or something, it reminds me of like why I love her and why she's a top tier housewife when she's talking about candles. I could care less, you know, she, cause I don't think it's really her passion despite her saying it. Now, speaking of right. candles, the best candles thus mm-hmm. far. Maybe I'm had. always speaking of candles. I'm always oh. speaking of candles. <laughs> uh, Tiffany moon. Oh my God. Her, yeah. The, uh, anesthesia, what are they called? Aromasthesia. 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 Oh my God. And they're such good gifts and she gives yeah. good like gifts wrapping and everything yeah. i have a friend who is a like has a phd in pharmacology mm-hmm. you know and so i was like oh she'll really appreciate like yeah you know the the chemistry whatever it's you know like they, right. whatever the mo- the molecule right. diagram that is yes. on each candle and then yeah. the, the fda sort of label of like drug information that is right not- be fake based on exactly but whatever it's like, the scent is but it's like cheeky and cute, so cute. and clever dr tiffany so cute oh my god i am so obsessed, obsessed with her the I fact her. that the fact that we only got one season of dr tiffany moon is maybe one of the biggest crimes in bravo history like and that's including the crimes of jen shaw and eric <laughs> like i am i'm i feel like we were robbed like my life savings was taken from me everything i own um, she, she's so amazing. And she was, she was positioned to be such a, such a great housewife. And 
Oh, I, I, yeah, okay. I feel like we really missed out. Here is where I want to see her come back. I want to see her mm-hmm. make a cameo on Miami visiting Dr. Nicole. They're both oh. anesthesiologists. Yes. And they both- You know what they need like, to do? Just like yes. strap, strap like Alexia and Adriana down and just like knock them both out for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just a little propofol or whatever yeah, they, right? they put like, in just, you. Yeah. Just be quiet for a minute. <laughs> oh Agreed. my God. Yeah, I actually, uh, Dr. Tiffany Moon and I connected, yeah, again, like over a year ago, I think, I think back in 2021, which is probably why I was stuck in 2021. Um, and we did like a, a wine tasting night, like a virtual wine tasting, because she also oh, her has wines. her Three Moons wine. Moon, so she, yes. she sent me, um, at the time, I don't know if they have more blends now, but at the time they had three blends. And so she sent me a bottle of each and we went on IG Live for like an hour and got drunk together and, and like did a wine <laughs> tasting. And it was so much fun. So so I jealous. Love, that sounds I, great. I know it was awesome. I love Dr. Tiffany Moon. Um, so I, I, this is, I feel like we're just like plugging all of the Bravo products here. So guys Brands, go order yeah. a pillow from Craig, go order candles and wine from Tiffany Moon. Um, and then go DM Dr. Wendy and tell her to get her ass back on a Fox news. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, she needs to like kick those, those white men's asses into, into like place, you know? Yeah. She just, she's great. She made them sweat. And I, I love to see it. <laughs> Same. Uh, all right. While we're on the subject, let's just roll right into Potomac. All right. So Love this, it. this season of Potomac overall, what did you think? I liked it because it is my favorite franchise. I live in Washington, DC. I know mm-hmm. the areas that they film and just the fact that they were able to start the season by filming on federal park land, um, yeah. which around the tidal basin, it is not easy to get any sort of permits to do anything in that area, especially while the cherry blossoms are blooming. Right. So, I mean, that led me to believe like they have gotten to such a high tier that they're getting approvals. Because if you go back and watch seasons like one, two, and three, they filmed at locations that I would say were subpar in the area because they couldn't get into the really good locations. So like knowing kind of the background and the places and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like six blocks from my house. Oh, that's like down the street. Oh, you know, none of them seem to live in D.C. or exactly near it, but they film a lot in D.C. Right. I thought, you know, I could watch them all day. I love when they're getting along, especially when. Like Mia and Wendy started getting along when Ashley and Candace started getting along. I don't like when the whole like Giselle, Rob and Ashley team feels too, I, I don't know, the, too set, like two separate yeah. sides the way it was There's on something, Jersey where it's yeah. just, yeah. There's something about Potomac and Jersey, for example, where it, it just feels very like, um, when when they team up, it's it feels too divided. Like it doesn't feel natural. It feels like they're looking for alliances, um, as opposed to just like connecting as friends, you know. And I would prefer to see like like ever changing friendship. Like this is why I always go back to Orange County. I love Orange County, and people think I'm crazy for still loving Orange County. But it's because you see, like at one point, like Tamara, for example, she's been friends and arch enemies with every single one of those women. Like there's no one is aligned to Tamara, not even Vicky. You know, like they all go back and forth, and that's what I think we're missing right now on Potomac. Is like it's very much lines in the sand. And I feel like they've, you know, had some conversations off on the side before the cameras went up. And that yes. is, that's always really obvious to the to the viewers. Yeah, they think we're dumb. I think Giselle and Robin have gotten too comfortable 
on the show and with their role on the show. And I think something needs to happen that one or both are demoted, not gone. I don't want to see him gone, truly. But so that, you know, just thinking back to New York when Luann spent a season as a friend of, like she came back, guns blazing, you know, new guy, new yacht, (laughs) new marriage, like all the things. And I feel like, and it's not that she, you need to be honest and Mm -hmm. you need to stop just producing. That's not your role even though Giselle is quite good at it, it's not as fun for us to watch because it's so obvious. Just show us. I, for one, I know people think I'm crazy. I want to hear about her fibroids. I want to know how that surgery went. I want to know how she feels that they have to take out her uterus. Like that is a big deal for a woman. And I want to hear it. Like, do you know how many women have to deal with reproductive organ issues all the time? time? If this is actually what's happening in her life, then let's see it. Yeah. You know, don't show me bullshit that's not actually happening. Right. And and the problem then is like she's Giselle is I feel like the the queen of this. To me she's like the Lisa Rinna of Potomac. Like she spends an entire season like, you know, trying to deflect any attention from herself and creating drama here, 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 and here. And then we get like, you know, one little 30 minutes or 30 second scene at the end of the season that is maybe an actual glimpse and in, in glimpse into her life. And we're like, well, that is so wasted. Like, give us, give us more. Why have we never seen her out on like a real date? Like, why have we never seen her like truly living her life? It's either just, I, I said this a couple weeks ago, the only personal scenes we get of Giselle are her sitting around with her kids and her Their kids daughters, like, reading yeah. her for filth. And that's funny, but like, I know you do more than that. So show us. She yeah. doesn't want to, she wants to have boundaries and, that doesn't make for good TV. It really doesn't. Right. And Lisa is another one that had too many boundaries. She acted like she was all real, but she mm-hmm. brought those kids and paraded them out when she thought they were going to be the next Gigi and Bella Hadid. And then when that didn't pan out and one had like an overdose and another, you know, like she just shut it down, never talked about them. Yeah. Well, I don't think you can have it both ways. And I understand that these women are now adults and they can choose whether or not to be on the show, but you used them. Right. You brought on your daughter and talked about her anorexia. That wasn't your story. That was her story. And then now we're not getting any follow up. And and then the next year it was like, oh, she's dating Scott Disick. Again, that's not your story. So, you know, and the difference, I think, between Giselle and Lisa Rinna is that Giselle seems very unbothered. And she's not very on social media, which is what I wish all of them were. I think Candace needs to take a step back on social media. I think all of them need to take a step back. I just want to watch the season and then see the reactions after at the reunion. I don't need to see the live reactions on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I don't. definitely, definitely. And to your point about, you know, Lisa Rinna and, and the storylines with her daughters and all of that, um, it, it's really interesting because you're right. She she brought them up and she brought up her daughter's anorexia. But then when it was addressed again by Garcelle later on and like I, I, you know, I know that this was controversial and some people thought that Garcelle was being really messy. I understood where Garcelle was coming from as, as she was relating it to like her feeling like her parenting had affected her son in terms of his drug problems. And so that that was the connection she was making. But you see Lisa Rinna like shut it down and be like, how dare you even bring that up on camera? Like that is so inappropriate. But it's like, 
to your point, you have brought all of this up on camera. So I'm trying to relate to you now with my story. You know, she's very quick to to shut it down while telling everyone to own it, own it. Like, you know, who, yeah. you know, who didn't hide their daughter's DUI? Yolanda. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Open and honest. There you open go, and honest. Folks. Open and honest. <laughs> All right. What's what's your take on the whole situation with Chris and Candace versus Giselle and Ashley and like the whole cast of Sesame Street, basically? Chris is well known to be a nice guy in the industry here in DC. I don't believe that he steps out on her. And I know she knows that, which is why she got angry with them maligning him, but not actually worried about the state of her marriage. Right. So I would hope that everyone in a healthy, happy relationship would have the same reaction where it's like, I'm not even going to entertain this because I know it's not true, but how dare you go after my husband? And, you know, I think it's really, really shitty that they focused on that. And then the year before focused on Eddie Right. Another guy who what his problem is smiling. Right. <laughs> he's he's too happy looking. Like without acknowledging all the shit that Juan has done. Right. right. Not just in the past, but currently. currently. And from what I hear on the streets here in the DC Baltimore area, it sounds like Robin has always known and there's either some type of agreement or she agrees to look the other way. But this has been going on for quite some time and I believe still continues. Yeah. And what's so interesting about that and like I I wish that all of these women because I think you know there's so many accusations about infidelity especially in Potomac but like across the the Bravoverse um I wish the women who were in either open relationships or polyamorous relationships or in agreements where they look the other way or whatever the situation may be because all relationships look different I wish that they would just own it and and be able to really like like live in that truth the problem is right like Mia but that I was gonna say the problem is the ones that do like Mia or like Ashley in the past or like a Bronwyn for example and I mean don't get me started on Bronwyn she's not so for other reasons but like the ones that do kind of live these uh alternative lifestyles in terms of their like romantic relationships they're read for filth not only by the housewives but also by the fans and so then it's like the ones like i if you're right and ashley does have or i mean uh, robin does have some i'm sorry i am like tired and i got a little stoned this morning so i'm like all over the place (laughs) (laughs) but uh like if robin does have some sort of arrangement with one or she just looks the other way I wish she would just say that. And and because that it would it would avoid so much unnecessary drama and it would provide for like a pretty interesting storyline on its own. The thing is, I don't think she's proud of it. And I don't think she right. wants her parents to know. And I don't think she wants her community to know. But I think that deep down, Robin has like very, very low self-esteem. And this all goes back to you know, how she was treated and then she decided to leave him, but then like couldn't actually cut the cord. And so then they were living together again, raising their kids together again. What's going to happen when these boys are 18 and out of the house? Right. Yeah. Juan's going to be like, bye. He, I mean, he said a couple seasons ago that if he the did, boys weren't there, that- he wouldn't want, he wouldn't be around, you know? Yeah. I just don't know why someone would stay with a person that would say something like that on camera. Imagine right. what he says off camera. I know it's horrifying. It's so it's so embarrassing for her. Um, but I, I mean, to that point, you know, you said that she 
is probably isn't very proud of the fact that maybe she looks the other way or maybe she's okay with it or maybe they have an agreement. But like, what's more embarrassing? Being like cheated on or saying like, oh no, I, I know he's doing that and I said it was okay. Like, I, I think that the latter is less embarrassing personally. Like, so my husband and I have a friend and long story short, we found out that the boyfriend of this friend was cheating on her and we let her know and she acted all shocked and surprised and mortified and humiliated. And then the next day was just like, we're, we're moving on. We're fine with it all. Like, and, and just everything was okay. And then it's never been addressed again. And like all is hunky dory seemingly. And that's fine. Obviously what happens behind closed doors happens behind closed doors. But I've said to myself, like, she should have just told us like, oh yeah, we have an agreement because like, we would have just been like, oh, okay. And not thought anything of it. But like, now we think like how embarrassing for you that this guy cheated on you. Everyone knew about it. And like, you stuck around for it after being like, admittedly like mortified and humiliated, you know, had you said like, oh no, it's all good. We have, we both do it. Like we would have been like, okay, cool. You know? Yeah, but Robin doesn't seem like someone who's willing to do the self-reflective work that it would be needed in order right. to admit truths in her life. Well, I mean, she's a housewife after all, so that is not the <laughs> brand. <laughs> That's true. But like the others, the couple seasons ago when she was like lying in bed and it was very clear that she had significant signs of depression, she was oh, like, yeah. I'm going to get a life coach. And everyone's like, you could also see a trained like mental health counselor yeah, and psychiatrist. Yeah. Like right. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know? So yeah. like you it's don't really need a life coach. <laughs> yeah. It it is very interesting because these these women, I I think you've kind of nailed something where they're all trying desperately to save face and like avoid embarrassment. And in doing that, they like step in shit left and right and are so embarrassed, like inadvertently. And it's like, just stop trying to avoid like the, the, the things that you think are going to embarrass you because like you're making yourself look so much worse, you know? And what's so funny, like the paradox with that is that these women tend to not feel shame over things right. that you and I would feel shame over. Right. Like they just kind of live out loud and it's like, whatever, like some of the things that I would think would be so embarrassing and wouldn't want to share, they just parade for all of us to see. So it's right. interesting that like they have that aspect, but then on like, there are certain things that they just can't seem to be willing to to like reckon with yeah it's like a very embarrassed by yeah yeah so embarrassed by and it's a deep deep like lack of self-awareness like it has to be because there's no other real explanation for that type of like um just disassociation from reality which is so interesting because they get to watch it all back like they literally get to watch their lives and see themselves in action and like they can they could take notes it could be like you know like a, a football coach watching plays back and take notes and then you go back to the locker room like these ladies could be the most like self-aware like like thoughtful people that get to like reevaluate their choices and move forward accordingly but no they're just like no don't care don't care kind of <laughs> like care. uh what carl did right he yes. had five seasons of absolute like debauchery and actually made a change for season six and seven and now yeah. there's an outcry oh my god right. you are you need to be off the show because you actually are now like a functioning human being right but but and how interesting is that because i personally think like what what an interesting new story to get to watch and and i want to see 
the guy who is navigating this crazy group of friends as like the sober one or the sober ish one or whatever, you know, whatever, because like, that's how I kind of operate. Like I, um, I'll, I'll drink, like I'm a beer drinker. So when I go out like this past weekend, we were in LA, like I told you, and we were with some friends and like, everyone was like taking shots and getting shit faced. And I was like drinking uh, like a couple beers all night. So I tend to be the sober friend amongst all of the fucking like nonsense that is going on. And that's a really intriguing story. Like I want to watch that. Give Craig a show and just like, let's just see that the whole time, you know? Oh, Carl. Yeah. Oh, Carl. Yeah. Sorry. I told. Oh, God. It's so <laughs> no, early and, for me still and here. <laughs> I know you're like way, I'm like three hours ahead of you. Um, so for Carl, what also I find is so interesting is that when someone makes the choice to stop drinking, it impacts all of their relationships because they tended to have friends and people around them that were okay with that behavior and also right. engaged in that behavior. And now that you're making a choice, normally from friends that I have that are sober, someone tells them, whether it be in AA or in therapy or whatever, it's like, you need to change your nouns, right? You like the people that you're around, the places that you go, like think about all of them and re evaluate are they serving you are these people that are supportive of your choices or are they people that are holding you back and you know mad almost and angry that you decided to move forward in a different way without them and, and you know to see Carl and Kyle try and navigate this and you know Carl Kyle blames it on Lindsay but right. he's like well last last summer Carl was sober and he was fun well last summer he was newly sober he was newly navigating it and he's becoming more you know into his sobriety and figuring out what's working and what's not working and continuing to make different choices right and, and i think this has nothing to do with Lindsay it's just easier to blame her the way that all of this crap has nothing to do with Sheena on Vanderpump Rules, but it's easier oh. to blame her than go after Tom Schwartz. Oh. It's so much easier to go after oh, the woman. Mandy, we're gonna we're gonna throw down <laughs> when we get to Vanderpump Rules. Like, oh my god! Yeah, I'm ready to burn down the patriarchy on this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, honestly, like I want to burn down Schwartz and Sandys. Let let me get it straight, but like put Raquel and Sheena inside too. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, no, I I totally agree with you. And I think that it's so interesting. You you were you used the word blame. Like it's easier to blame Lindsay. And it's so funny that like they even are looking to blame anyone. Cause what are they, what is the blame? Like, what is the problem? Like, I get that maybe they're like, oh, he's a little dull in the doldrum. What is that saying? Dull in the dun doldrums nah, dun. I'm not I, familiar. A, that that yeah, might be a my grandma insane. used to say it. <laughs> it might be a little like like dull now, or like a little bit. You know, it, it might not be the the um friend that you're used to to having. But like, don't you want your friends to be the best versions of themselves? And so I think that it's just really interesting, uh, seeing how his sobriety and his like personal journey is impacting everyone else when like there really is no impact on everyone else. Um, and also. Oh, no, go ahead. No, you you go ahead. When it comes also to the work aspect of it, mm -hmm. when you have an employee that was performing well and that has started to perform poorly, usually it makes sense to check in with them and see if there's right. something going on that would contribute to that. Or also wonder if, are you creating a work environment where people can thrive? Or are you creating an environment that actually leads people down the path Carl's on to kind of pull away, not let anyone know when you're going on vacation. 
I don't think any of that is cool. I think he can be probably a crap employee at some points, but what kind of business is Kyle running? Does he expect everyone to give their blood, sweat and tears to Loverboy the way he did, even though none of them have the same stake in it as he does. Right, right. And I think, you know, when Kyle made that comment about Carl being like so coked out one time, he like forgot his laptop. I mean, for, I, I've i forgotten my laptop when going I, to I work and I wasn't said, coked yes, out. So same. what about it, Kyle? What about it? I mean, I like literally can't keep a single name straight on this this uh, Zoom call right now. <laughs> and I'm not coked out. I mean, I like I said, I like took a hit of my vape pen, but that's about it. Um, but no, it's just so, it's so crazy to me. And it's also, it's such a low blow considering the fact that like he is on this upward path for himself. It does feel like you're trying to cut cut him off at like the knees and take him back to where he was and be like, no, remember your place. Like, don't forget who you are at your core. And like, that's so fucked up. And especially coming from Kyle, who like, I mean, I don't want to get sued. So allegedly, or like in my opinion, is probably coked out all the fucking time. <laughs> like he Yeah. Is, I mean, like, they uh, all right, you know, in, right. were friends with him and probably engaged in casual drug use that yes. he kind of couldn't keep casual, right? Right. And and that's the difference between him and others is that he couldn't stop. And he well, and realized that and he made the choice, you know. Exactly. To- and it's a weird thing to Gilbert. be pointing out now when he's changed his habits and be like, exactly. oh, I'm going to throw this back out now. If it was such an issue, why weren't you addressing it at the time when he was so coked out that he wasn't bringing his so computer to work? Answer. He thinks that Carl should be indebted to him for giving him that job at that moment. And he doesn't think Carl is paying the level of appreciation to him that Kyle thinks Kyle deserves. And that's why he's bringing it up. And the five words he said that I think you cannot take back isn't about being coked out. It's when he said the world needs to know. Yeah. The world Mm -hmm. needs to know. That means you were actually thinking, Hey, people who are watching this need to know what I did for this guy. I gave him a job when he was unhirable. I stuck with him through his addiction. And now they all got, they all were given jobs when they were unhirable. That's what this show was. Like they literally were all pieces of shit. And Bravo was like, here, like, here's a little gift for you guys, you know? (laughs) And, you know, and so then now that Carl's like, okay, so, okay, here's here's something that I've shared on my podcast, but it is an exclusive, I'll say, Ooh. for you guys. Ding, ding, ding. So, back in April, so this is April 2022, around the time that they filmed uh, Summer House Reunion 6, and um, while they were doing a lot of public appearances, they came to the D.C. area. They had an event in Northern Virginia, and then they had an event in D.C. The event in Northern Virginia was like kind of in a late afternoon sort of a thing, and the event in D.C. was at night. By the time that Kyle and Carl showed up, Kyle was absolutely shit-faced. So shit-faced, in fact, that he could not um, fulfill the terms of what I think was the agreement for the appearance. So... <laughs> Carl's there, totally sober, probably very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and is like, hey, Kyle, we need to like, here's the owner. We have to like get a photo with him. We have to like talk to him. Thank him for carrying Loverboy. Thank him for doing the event. And Kyle is a fucking mess. So what's the situation here? Who's being unprofessional? How many public appearances is Kyle doing where he's super drunk? I know Carl used to do that, right? He used to show up shit faced. So like you're. I don't know. I just really feel like Kyle is is trying to reprimand Carl for things 
that he does and yeah. for not for not working like kind of a 24 7 gig where he's yeah. having more balance and i do believe if you choose a sober life that is a life of balance and you work to create balance and the life of someone working for lover boy is someone who works hard and plays hard and that yeah. just is not compatible with the life that carl is living yeah. so i'm glad that he chose to leave i don't think it's great for friends to work for each other i don't like the power dynamic of like one being the boss of the other and also the best friend of the other. There's right. too many boundaries and lines that are being crossed. So yeah. good on Carl. And I really hope Kyle realizes how hurtful his comments are and how just having Kyle be uh, Carl be a shitty employee is like not enough to do and say all the things he did. And Agreed. Say. 1000% mic drop right there. <laughs> no, no, nothing else needs to be said. I, I completely agree. I think, you know, yeah, like you said before, Kyle sets the tone of the company and like clearly case and point right there. So, all right, I, I want to get into New Jersey um, yes. because I, I am so excited that New Jersey is back. And I'm really excited that we finally have some new faces amongst our cast. So I want to know Same. what your thoughts are on the new wives. So we have the new friend of Jen Fessler, who to me looks Amazing. so much like um, Cindy Barshop from New York. Do you remember Cindy Barshop? Yes. They're like twins. And I'm like literally got... Like when she first appeared, I was like, oh, we have another like Taylor Armstrong style crossover. And then I was corrected. Um, but it, I mean, it made sense because I was like, oh, she just came down. You know, she just went over the bridge or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have the new full-time wives. We have uh, Danielle Cabral, who was like the Long Island princess. And then uh, Rachel Fuda, who has like this little button nose and like was born in like like 2012, probably. <laughs> <laughs> So I love them all. I th yeah. I'm obsessed with who's the first one, Jennifer Jen. Jen. Yeah, she was just the one like Fessler. on the outside, Jen like Fessler. eating. Yeah, just no, like eating cheese left and right. She yeah. gives me a Michelle Collins vibe. Um, okay. The comedian Michelle Collins. Yeah. she's Jewish. She is hilarious. When she was like, I don't know, mm -hmm. all Jews are in therapy. I was like, yes, we are. Yes, one hundred percent. I loved when Rachel talked about her husband being a pizza bagel, half Italian, half Jewish. That's like a very common phrase, kind so of in the funny. Northeast area. So funny, love it. Um, I do think she's a little bit nuts about that having the kids one after another. And as someone in sort of the medical healthcare, public health field, it's actually not recommended to have pregnancies back to back. And since she has the embryos on ice, she doesn't need to do as much prep in the IVF right. process. So like, please, like you have a two month old, like focus on that. And then, you know, reevaluate and like and she's still so young like i said she's like yes. 14 <laughs> yeah when she's like we're running out of time like you are not running out of time like focus on the kids that you have i think it's right it's so hard because of the experience that she had with the miscarriage and then going through the ivf and i think she's just um anxious about it uh and she's obviously postpartum right now and she doesn't look like it right she looks like a million bucks and yeah. she doesn't look like she's in pain or anything like that but you know, I, I hope that she is um, being kind to herself because she deserves it. And she's amazing. Danielle, hilarious, perfect, absolutely what we needed on the show. Comic relief that I have not yes. seen in a long time. Interesting family dynamic. Yes. And um, yeah, find her very funny. Yeah. She's really I funny. like it. To me, she almost, it, it feels a little bit kind of like when we got Marge initially, but like a, a younger yes. version of it. Because remember, Marge came in and she was just like, joke, 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 joke. Like She really was like the Chandler Bing of New Jersey. Like it was just so, <laughs> she was just so funny and like sarcastic. And like, that was her whole 
first season was her fighting with with Siggy because she called her soggy. And it was just like, oh my God, this is like so petty, but like hilarious, you know? And I feel like that's something Danielle could get into. Like even like, okay, let's talk about Jackie. So (laughs) Jackie, even when like, you know, Jackie's fight with Danielle, like that whole dynamic of like the looking her up and down and the like the Danielle of it all. And like, I, I'm living for it. It is just, I feel like it's what we need to cut the like family tension bullshit that we've had for way too long. You know, I'm over the family tension. I love Jackie. I'm happy to see her in whatever capacity they want her to be in. I find her story interesting. I love Evan and I'm glad that he's still part of the guy group, even though she's not a full-time housewife. Yes. Yes. I, I like love her coming in and just straight up being like, you're not including me in this conversation. Like what the fuck is going on? That's something I would say. I would walk up to someone and be like, I'm here too. Like, yeah. Right. Like, I I love it. I love it. Like cameras are no cameras, you know, eyes on me, please. Um, no, I'm loving all, all three of the new ladies. Uh, but like I said, I am, specifically loving them because it feels like a nice like diversion from this storyline of the the judices and the gorgas that we've been you know hamster wheeling for like i said a decade or more um so melissa and joe are still like really upset about melissa being excluded from Teresa's wedding they're still talking about the engagement and all of that like where do you stand um do you take a side do you think that any party is more in the right or do you think they are all just they all just have like meatballs for brains I think they all have meatballs for brains. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> I blame Joe, Joe Gorga probably for most of it. Okay. Um, because he is the brother. Like, I don't, I don't like that Teresa again goes after his wife as if mm-hmm. it's like, no, you're that's your brother. You should be able to talk to him one on one and figure things out without her, you know, getting like, oh, whenever he makes a decision that you don't like, it's oh, it's because of her. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, yeah. I believe that the both of them should prioritize their friendship and their, um, you know, brother sister relationship. And I just don't think they have. And I honestly, I don't think it was strong enough from the beginning. If you let someone like your brother finding love mess it up. Right. I just, I have a brother. I love him so much. He is married. I love his wife. Did it change the dynamic? Of course. Is that something I'd be angry about? No. I'm so happy that he's happy and relationships change over time. And so you just need to accept that. I think that, um, but I also believe that um, Joe and Melissa were not as helpful while Teresa was away in prison. I trust that Gabriella, whoever, whatever her name is, she's never on the show. She never tries to get airtime. And she's like, that makes me angry because I remember who was here and it wasn't them. They also Mm -hmm. weren't on the list of visitors for her at her prison. So I don't buy all this shit. I also don't buy how angry they are. It's like, are you just doing this to be angry so that you get airtime? It's they seem a lot more calculated than Teresa, who I just don't think has the ability to be calculated. I totally agree. I think that they're all at fault. And I actually do think and this might be like a scandalous opinion, but like I'm used to pissing people off, people off. So whatever. Um, Go for it. It's yeah, just here we go. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Uh, you'd be surprised. People get so angry over this. Shit. I know. It's I'm nuts. like, guys, like this is yeah. not life or like, death here. Literally, like, like I said, they all have meatballs for brains. Like I, you know, I'm not, I'm not really taking sides here, but like gun to head, I think 
that in the beginning, it a lot of the tension probably did really stem from Teresa and Joe Judice. I think that especially Joe Judice and Joe Gorga, there was a lot of competition. And like, I'm not Italian. I am just like a plain old bagel, like a Jew, all Jew bagel. I am not the pizza bagel over here. But you hear from the rest of this cast, like, oh, like they're always saying you know, in terms of the engagement party and and like inviting the families and all of that, they're like, oh, that's a very Italian thing. That's a very Italian thing. And they say a lot that like the older sister, like it's the older sibling. And since she was the older sister, like she really probably babied him a lot. And that was like an Italian thing. And I don't mean to offend Italian men here at all, but I'm just, I'm going based off of what the cast is saying. Yeah. Um, and and I feel like he probably was like a big mama's boy. Like you saw there was some tensions between him and his dad. So he was probably a lot closer with his mom. He probably was like really, really taken care of by his mom and Teresa. And so then when Joe Judice came in the picture, I think that probably created a lot of jealousy and competition. And I think that's where this all started. And for whatever reason, when it, you know, climaxed on the show or kind of cultivated with them coming on the show, we tend to see the drama as more Melissa versus Teresa because they're the two housewives. But I think that it really stemmed from Joe and Joe. And I think ah. to your point, it's like the patriarchy. And yet we look at the women and we blame the women and we point fingers and say, they need to fix it. They need to fix it. But I think that initial jealousy and competition came from the two men and the women were just trying to like be in the middle and calm their men down. And in doing so, they got dragged onto their respective sides. And here we are decades later and it's just bullshit. But to, to your point of that, like at this point, I don't think Teresa is calculating anything. I don't think that she's right half the time. In fact, I think she's quite hypocritical, you know, like oh, she very. demands, she demands blind loyalty from people, but she doesn't give it back. I mean, you see how she tries to play Switzerland in between yeah. Jen and uh, Dolores. She says like, family matters the most. Right. And she doesn't invite Melissa's in-laws. That exactly. is a thing that people do. So, That's a thing that people do in, in Jewish families totally. as well. Yeah. I invited my, my brother's yes. wife's parents were invited to my wedding. Like I, my, my dad's ex-wife was invited to my wedding. Like I get it. It's a thing. Um, but yeah, so I don't think Teresa's calculating. I think she's too dumb for that. But I think at this point, Joe and Melissa, they might not have been the villains in the beginning, but I think that they've just succumbed to like the fans all loving Teresa so much that now they're like, we have to prove ourselves. And so they dig in really hard and they make themselves the villains in trying to prove themselves as the heroes. You know, does that make sense? Agreed. hundred percent. It's like a, like a wild Greek tragedy, honestly. Like it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Oh my gosh. No, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Okay. Really quickly before we get into Vanderpump Rules, what were your thoughts on the sexy photo shoot? <laughs> oh, I just thought it was the funniest thing. I laughed. So I, I have not audibly laughed like that when I, since when I saw, uh, who is it? Frank, uh, senior Frank is the bunny. Oh my God. That was just too funny. Loved it's it. The whole so thing was good. great. And all, you could only get that on Jersey. There's not a, yes. another franchise. There's not another show that would give us that. It, it's just something that's so uniquely Jersey, like chef's kiss. Wow. Love it. And I do Love feel it. like the men have authentic friendships and it's mm -hmm. becoming really interesting to watch with Louis and Bill being close. Mm -hmm. And then now seeing these new men, I used to kind of be like, stop with all the husband stuff. Like, I don't want to see them on a golf course, like 
bitching, giving each other shit. Like, I want to see them actually have really difficult conversations and try and yeah. navigate that. And we got that this week. Yeah. So I've been I'm someone who like I never really mind when the husbands get involved because it's part of the story. Um, if a husband's just like kind of lurking around and getting involved, like w- for no reason, then then that's one thing. But like the husbands right. so often are a part of the conversation. So like they they if if they're being talked about, then they should be, you know, involved. I, I don't mind when they get into it. I think especially in New Jersey. Jersey, the the men and the families are such a part of the storyline that it would be remiss to never show them. So I, I'm always happy when we get to see the Jersey men. And they're so like homoerotic. I, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm not complaining. It's just very interesting. <laughs> All right. Speaking of homoerotic, let's head over to West Hollywood. Let's talk about Vanderpump Rules because I, like you, am living for this season. It is so good. I feel like we are back to basics. Like it feels like the OG seasons, like we're season two, three. Um, I'm so glad that they just like got rid of all of those like faces that we didn't need, didn't care about. And they've really like honed in on like, I mean, even Brock is like barely in it. Thank God. So I am feeling it. Uh, how, how are you feeling about these first three episodes that we've gotten so far? Love them. Absolutely love them. It's very rare to see a breakup on these shows and get to actually witness the aftermath. I think we're mm-hmm. getting that with Lisa Hochstein because mm-hmm. he is also still in that physical house. Right. So we are seeing elements of him, but to see two people get divorced and have to navigate working together, you know, being on the show together, having the same friends, all mm-hmm. of that is an unusual thing. Like most times when people get divorced, people go their separate ways. Yeah. And we're having, you know, they're both cast members. We have cameras following both of them. They're both getting confessionals. Like on the housewives, when they get divorced, we never, like when Tamara got divorced from Simon, we never saw Simon ever again, like literally ever. That's par for the course on the housewives. So this is very unique. Um, Where do you stand in in terms of their divorce? Do you, are you happy they're getting divorced? Do you take a side at all? I mean, no, I don't think it's necessary to take a side. I'm very happy that Katie found the voice within her because she was clearly unhappy and no one needs to live that many years being unhappy. So I'm glad she made the choice that was best for her and that ultimately I think is best for him. I agree. I am fully team Katie. And and that's not even to say that like they want there to be teams. Like I'm sure like they, I think are trying to work forward in a very healthy way. But, you know- I'm not. I'm messy. So I'm (laughs) firmly team Katie here. Um, And it's interesting because like, you know, as as they're splitting, you do see the fans kind of taking sides. And especially as this storyline plays out with Tom and maybe Raquel and like Sheena's involvement and all of that, people are starting to, you know, stand their grounds on who they support. Um, And it's really interesting because I've seen a lot of people commenting like, well, I'm glad to see Katie finally get hers. Like she's always been so miserable, blah, blah, blah. But to your point, we've only ever seen her with Tom. Like when the show started, she was with Tom. So like, who's to say that Tom didn't make her miserable? Like maybe Katie pre-Tom was like the coolest, most fun girl ever. And like, we want to like, let's see if we can get back to there, you know? Yeah, she always kind of comes across like a wet blanket, but I don't actually think she is a wet blanket, if that makes sense. I agree. I don't think, I think she translates on camera the way, like I've seen her once in real life when I was at Watch What Happens Live, and she was so gorgeous and charming. And, you know, but the thing is, nothing can get past Tom Schwartz's charm. He That's is what I was going to say. He's the single most charming person, one of the most charming people I've ever 
ever been in the presence of. And that includes like Barack Obama. Like the, right. the level of charisma is magnetic mm-hmm. and he abuses it. And it's such a double-edged sword for Katie because like that's so attractive and like you understand why she like loved him and why she wanted to be with him because he is so charming and charismatic and sweet and friendly. But then the flip side of that is like, oh, I have to be the 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 other side of that for the rest of my life. Like I have to stand next to that and be compared to that for the rest of my life. And like Katie is a real dynamic human being and, sh- and for better or worse, she like says what she's feeling whereas Tom doesn't, you know? And so there are he goods doesn't. and bads to, there are goods and bads to both of that. But unfortunately people tend to like just see the good in Tom and see the bad in Katie. And so I'm really hoping that like now that can shift a little bit. Um, I certainly don't want Schwartz to be like crucified or anything, but like Ariana said on this most recent episode, like people like need to notice that like, he's always like getting away scot-free. And why is that? Yeah. You know, he makes decisions that hurt other people. And then he doesn't take accountability for their pain. Yeah, definitely. And and we've seen that, you know, time and time again, season yes. after season. I mean, yes. first, the first fucking season or season two, I mean, early on, he was like dumping a drink on Katie's head. Like we've seen him be a sh- not just a shitty like boyfriend, but a shitty man, like a shitty human multiple yeah. times. And yet people are just like, oh, he's so cute, you know? Yeah. And, and he cute. also, I don't think he's, I, he doesn't seem to understand like the difference between like fact and fiction and what's rumor and what's true. And when yeah. he was like, I don't know, is it really true about Randall? And it's like, yeah, dude, it was published in the LA times. Do you know how many <laughs> fact checks they have to go through to publish something in an actual newspaper with journalistic standards? Yeah. Yeah. This, this shit is true. It's, it's all true. It's true. So yeah. don't be like, well, I don't know. You know, like everyone say it's like, this isn't a rumor. There's a difference between rumors and things that are published in page six or other, you know, places that have very loose editorial and journalistic standards versus the LA times. And I think he likes to have like the best of all worlds and just like turn his head and not look of the, you know, if his friends do something that is awful he just doesn't see that side of it. Well, he he's even admitted he in the past that he's admitted in the past that he would like cover for Tom Sandoval in any situation. Or he's I think he said it the about Jax. Jax at one point. Yeah. Yes. And who's like that's even worse. So yeah, clearly there's not like a ton of integrity there. Um, but yeah, you're I mean, that's such an interesting point. Like he he doesn't believe like what's right in front of him, but that's because he's so used to being able to like get away with with like spinning webs and telling lies. And like, he's just used to a world of like bullshit. And we're like looking around like Scooby-Doo is just like, okay. Yeah. And you get away he's with also it. Easily manipulated, like very. So he, I said at least once, if not twice on the show that he listens to Joe Rogan's podcast, who is oh. someone that like comes up with things and acts like he's so smart and he's the only one that figured it out. And really he's just like a conspiracy theorist that talks right. well. You know, there's like, if you can't ask, you know, critical thinking questions, which anyway, sorry, Tom Schwartz pisses me off on that. I know. I agree. Well, okay. So where do you stand in terms of the whole Raquel and all of that? I know you don't, you don't blame Sheena, which I, 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 I don't blame her, but I think Sheena is being very intentionally messy. here. Yeah. She's being intentionally messy. That's her job and that's fine. And I, at the end of the day, 
again, Tom Schwartz didn't have to go on the podcast. He didn't have to agree to it. He didn't have to answer any question he was uncomfortable with. Um, he went and almost made it sound like, yeah, she asked me questions about the divorce as if like he wasn't smiling and excited the whole time on the podcast. Right. For sure. And, you know, um, I don't know, like you can't make another person do something. You can't yeah, no, it. absolutely. I certainly don't don't think it's uh, Sheena's fault. Um, but I definitely see why Katie is upset as, as a bridesmaid in the wedding and, and as someone who's been through a divorce in this friend group, like they all rallied around Sheena and they all supported Sheena. And I, um, you know, I can't imagine what it would have been like if one of the girls had like tried to set Shay up with someone else on the show. I think it would have been like very, very messy. But Sheena had ended that marriage by saying she was wronged by Shay. He took her money. He was doing drugs. That is not how Katie ended her marriage. It was like, this isn't working for me. I still love you. You're still part of our group. We're still going to be friends. And so I believe that Katie flippantly said in Vegas, oh, yeah, that he should he should move on with Raquel, like, haha, or right. something like that. And I can see that Sheena was confused because Katie was acting like all was well. And so how are people supposed to know that you're in pain even yeah. though all divorce is painful, if you're not sharing that. I, I think that's totally fair. But I think then as soon as this conversation comes up, or I mean, first of all, Sheena is, is acting like that conversation that they had was like she she was forced then to go set Tom and Raquel yeah. up. Which, no, no, which no. She's, she's not, going out of her that's, way. Right, that's not anyone's job. Her she, job. She, right. Yeah, she's yeah, acting, yeah. she acts as though like, her role as a friend is to hook everyone up and like, it's not. And so what I wish she would say, especially now where it's like very clear that this is not okay. Just be like, look, I, I clearly was confused, but I, I get it now. And like, I'm going to stay out of both of your love lives period. Because like, that's also an option. Like she doesn't have to set anyone up. And I think that that's what she should just do now is be like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to not get involved with any of y'all's love lives because that's what she would have expected from them. And I also yeah. just can't help but think like, what would be happening right now if Stassi and Kristen were still on this show? Oh my God. It would be such Could a Could you imagine? I, the thing that I think Sheena did that was wrong was that pregame with- Yes, we're not, we're pro- Ariana yeah, couldn't that, even, and that's what I think. That Sheena is knows problem. what she's yes. doing. And, and yeah. I think, I think she, again, in, if she was misguided in the beginning and thought that Katie was over it and she, no one was going to get mad and it, it just, it is what it is, okay. But as soon as she picked up on the fact that Katie was annoyed- she she could have responded one way, and I think she's responding the exact she, opposite. She doubled which down. Like, okay, yeah. Katie's pissed off. Let's like let's go for it now. Which and also I think to- same with Raquel though. Like Raquel, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Raquel is messy too. And that scene where they're all at a dinner and like it first comes up, and Raquel's like, "Well, I would never seriously date him, but I don't know. Maybe we would hook up." Like I am like ninety nine percent sure that at that point they had already hooked up. I because, wonder that too because she's framing she's like dancing around it in a way where you can tell she's like I can't say I would never do this because I've already done it you know like I can't say that on camera because it's gonna shoot like I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot later but so, also how dare Lala tell her what oh she can God. and can't do I know. I know. after she admitted to cheating yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. I wish that, that Lala had approached it differently because the way yes. Lala brought it up was so like, it it was Harsh. almost like, and disjointed. Like it almost seemed like a completely separate thought. I wish that Lala had been like, look, 
I've been through this. When I was an alcoholic, I made a lot of really shitty decisions. And here's something that I'm going to admit to you. And I'm so regretful of it. And I don't want you to have these same regrets down the road. Like that would have been a different approach. Still messy as fuck. Why would she have, she's not making these decisions drunk, Raquel. Like she's not, Right. You know what I'm saying? Like she, so I, it's just like two completely unrelated things. And I think the warning of like, Hey, messing around with, with like, I I just think like be discerning and like, like where you stick your tongue. I think that's a good message. (laughs) I always believe when there is someone, a married man or someone cheating, it's always the person that's in the marriage that is at fault, not the mistress or the other person, because the person in the marriage is the one that has to be the loyal one. And it's right. They, if they invite you know, flirting, if they invite whatever that's on them. I agree. But we have to look at it as in a sense, like, I think we kind of just, we like to remove ourselves from it and look at it almost from a voyeuristic standpoint. And like, we're just looking through a window at sir, but like they are all their coworkers. So that's where I go to is like, this is, yeah. an, this is a, they're all coworkers. So from that standpoint, like, yes, we could say, well, he's entitled to move on with it, whoever, and she's entitled to move on with whoever. But like, if they were in an office instead of like in, you know, a, a room with cameras around, it would also be extremely inappropriate. Um, so we like for me, I go to that place, but then I also want to remove that from my mind because it takes away from like the magic of the re- love reality TV. You know, I know. But I just think, I just think it's all Schwartz's fault. And I'm f- I'm fine blaming Schwartz. Like I said, let's fucking burn down Schwartz and Sandys. Sandoval's been pissing no, me off lately too. Get I him like in Schwartz there. and Sandys. Keep keep Schwartz and Sandys <laughs> and keep Sandoval's band because I find that shit hilarious. Right. Um, one thing um, as we end, I really got to share this because it is. Uh, yes. something that upset me the most Please. um while watching Vanderpump Rules this yeah, week vent. is that Raquel was not allowing James to see their dog Graham. Yes. I feel like that is cruel, not just to James, but to the dog. And yeah. I understand you wanting to make a clean break, but if you truly wanted to make a clean break, you would leave the show and you stayed on the show and you were brought on the show by him ding, and then ding, you ding, stayed ding, ding. even after breaking up with him so you clearly are not interested in a clean break and now you're just being cruel because this is the one upper hand that you have i and totally I-, I totally agree i totally agree and there are ways to work around it have a friend take graham over like what whatever so what, much. have a producer There's- do it what and to your point like I think Raquel is the messiest of all of them. I'm sorry, because like she could have walked away from all this, but instead she's hooking up with Schwartz. She's hooking up with Peter. She's, she, she knows what she's doing. She's not as dumb as she looks or sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Mandy, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for being here with me. Can you tell all of my listeners where they can find you and where they can listen to your podcast? Oh, thank you so much, Blake. I love being on. You're going to have to come on mine soon. I will yes. reach out to you about that. Um, so my podcast is called Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker. You can listen to it anywhere that podcasts are available. And you can find me on Instagram at Mandy Slutsker. I'm also on Twitter, but I try to avoid that place as much as possible. Um, and that's yeah, spelled. <laughs> so you can just type in Mandy, M-A-N-D-Y, like Mandy Moore, and then slut. And my name will appear magically. Yes, Mandy <laughs> slut. We love it. We love it. What, what? (laughs) Mandy, thank you so much. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon.